All right, welcome back to Pod Logic, presented by Straight Up Podcasts. Today is a great, great episode. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with one of my podcast producer buddies, Matt Cundill. So, Matt is the owner of the Sound Off Media Company, and it launched a weekly podcast in 2016, which features interviews from broadcasters. Matt works with content producers creating great podcast listening experiences for their audience. The company is home to 12 podcasts ranging from sports to health and wellness to the music of Prince. The Sound Off Media Company builds podcast audiences organically through social media marketing and works with content creators to monetize their content. Matt continues his collaboration with radio brands to get the most out of their talent with creative services and consultation and operates a voiceover business from the Sound Off Media Company, which he operates out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm definitely butchering that, but anyways. And his expertise is dynamic ad insertion, and we had a great, great conversation about that. We talk a lot about is dynamic ad insertion right for your podcast? We talk about how Matt got started with SoundOff Media and much, much more. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Matt Kundo. I know you're stuck in your basement in Canada, but I appreciate you making the time to jump on with me today. Well, I could be stuck in my basement because of quarantine or because of winter, but it turns out it's both. It's both. <laughs> and, it, and it's April. And the thing I mentioned with John and Catherine is the great thing about our profession is that we can do it from virtually anywhere. There's no need to do a 30-minute commute to get to the office. No, it's a 30-second commute, and it's it's a rather enjoyable one, but sometimes we'll stop for coffee. Yeah. And then we'll head downstairs. But Maybe I, say hi to the neighbors on the way down. Yeah. And <laughs> most important, though, that I like to point out I do get dressed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one thing I've heard is that if in order to maximize the work from home routine is you got to you got to dress like you're actually going to work. You got to have a routine or else the the quality of your work just starts to suffer more and more. Agreed. Totally. When did you enter the podcast industry? When did you start off the sound off podcast? I guess to even draw it out even further, how were you able to build a business helping others podcast? 2016 was the year that I first started a podcast. But I had been thinking about it since 2015. It was July, and my cousin called me. Actually, he and I were driving. We were going fishing, and he said, uh, you know, there's a podcast conference? And I said, that's not a thing. You made that up. <laughs> and it turns out there was a podcast conference that was taking place in Dallas called Podcast Movement. And I said, well, whatever that is, I've got to go to it next year. And the next year, it was in Chicago. And, you know, there was a number of months went by, and I'd already started a business a corporation that was about radio consulting and, and voiceover. These were the two things I was I was good at. Uh, one of them was, uh, you know, being a voice actor. I wanted to continue that business in my post radio life, and as well, I was still consulting a number of radio stations. And when podcasts came on board, I just really wanted to know more. So 2016, it was about May or June. Of course, I have eight months of screwing around and thinking about it. And a friend of mine said, you don't have a podcast yet. You, of all people, <laughs> do not have a podcast yet. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I was embarrassed because this is a longtime friend who listened to me on the radio in Edmonton every afternoon from two to six. And, you know, this talky, jabby rock station, big mouth afternoon drive guy didn't have a podcast in 2015, yet was out of work and thinking about doing a podcast like most people are thinking about doing the podcast. So I just started it. And like most people, 
I, I have to go through the experience to find out what it's all about. And I had no intention of at that point of building podcast into my business. I just wanted to do a podcast and see what would happen. Yeah. So it was really, a, it's, it's the podcast about broadcast. It's a sound off podcast, which is named after the company. And that was going to be my branded podcast was a way to connect with radio people about radio. And I went to a radio conference and the radio conference was, it's the conclave in Minneapolis. And it's a wonderful conference for uh, people who are beginners or intermediates or some experience, lots of experience or, or top of the line veterans who've been doing this for 40, 50 years to get together in a form of mentorship and learning. And I went to it and I thought, this is fantastic. How do I bottle this every week? And I was only two episodes in, but I said, I want to bottle this conference every week into my podcast. Yeah. So great contacts, meet people, come on the show. We fumbled about and tried to figure out. And like most people who go through the podcast journey, the first four episodes technically are weird. And they suck. The content <laughs> is off. They, In fact, you're right. They do suck. So by the fifth episode, I, I hired a producer to really oversee the sound because I'm not very good at mixing. At least at that time, I was, it was something I was going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. Get to about episode 17, 18, 19. I started to get sponsors on the, on the show. Uh, I was using a host called uh, SoundCloud. And as I'm wandering through it, you know, pick up bits of information from people along the way. So Mark Ramsey, who also is a radio consultant, but uh, also is the host of a number of podcasts. He did Inside Jaws, Inside Star Wars, a few other Wondery products as well. And he said, you know, SoundCloud's full of bots. I go, what? Oh, yeah, it's full of bots and the metrics are bad. Oh, well, you write that down. And then after the first year, the podcast found its way onto Art19. We, you know, we started to talk about IAB certification, started to learn the difference between. I wa- And I watched the numbers change. So when I'm on SoundCloud, I've got a podcast and it's got 50,000 downloads. I move it over to Art19 with more certified you know, certified stature for their, their, their stats. Yeah. And now I've got 35,000 downloads yet. I've got more listeners. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause we got rid of the bots. It's really, you know, it's always been about numbers for me as a radio program director. What's the audience? How many people are listening in this quarter hour? How can we get more people to listen? How do we get more ears onto the product? And that's what I really sort of transferred over into podcast. And the minute that I could see this is a download. These are the consumption numbers. I said, I can do this. Now I can start to build a business because I can see how I, I'm very good at audience behavior. I've been working with it for so many years that we can settle podcasters down to understand their numbers and then to build more audience. Mm. And I think the the one thing that's really learned is that you've got to be patient. So if you start something new, do a lap around the track one year. So I did my one year of SoundCloud and I learned, okay, that's not the right thing. The next year you do another lap around the track. Oh, that's what that looks like. Oh, I see how this is reacting. When you release an episode, 30 days, let 30 days go by. What's day one look like? What is two weeks look like? What does 30 days look like? What's my number? Why does it go down on Easter weekend? Why do the numbers go down on Christmas? Should I release an episode over Christmas? So using all this data, we can come up with some great numbers about what we think we should do. And we advise our clients on what they should be doing as strategy going forward for their podcasts. And so do you help people start just from the ground up or do you have people come to you that already have established podcasts? I know we're getting a little off track. Not at all, actually, because I'm glad you asked that because 
at one point it was get a podcast. And in fact, you know, it's sound off podcast slash get a podcast. And, you know, launching a podcast is completely different than, than growing the podcast. So I've really taken from two buckets and the get a podcast I've had sort of mixed results with where somebody got to episode 17, fantastic numbers, by the way, and somebody who had a booming business, but uh, another baby came along in the family. And that sort of hampered the time. So there's that point right there, episode 17, where you have to make a decision again about where your, you know, your show is going to go. That show is now on hiatus, which is kind of too bad. It was, it was huge. The picking people up, there's a number of people who get to episode 50. Let's say they do it every week. And then they're like, well, what do I need to do to move to the next level? And so for a few performers, I've really had my best success moving them to next level you know, podcast hosting, sometimes it's dynamic ad insertion, which I know is a huge, that's, that's one of your biggest things that you hit on. I heard, I listened to your, your podcast with Jag and I thought that was, you know, that conversation was fascinating. Yeah. Dynamic ad insertion. I really understand it because it's just like radio. I mean, essentially when you listen to a radio show every day, they're going to go away for about five minutes and play commercials. And those are pieces of audio that are inserted into live content. Well, for podcasts, you're just putting a live radio ad into uh, a piece of recorded content. And I know I, I know I say live, but we can update that copy every day. And I think that's fascinating that, and I felt really, it, it was a little bit odd when I started my show, somebody called me after episode 18 and said, I want to sponsor your show. And I said, well, okay, that's, I was kind of taken aback, but the person was such a fan and really wanted to market this way. I said, let's do it. And there I was baking in the ad every week and I had this evergreen content, but it was the same ad every week. So you, know, you get to episode 26 and now the old ad at number 18 is outdated. And that episode and is still getting downloads. Totally. And so art 19 came by with the solution at the time and it solved two problems for me. One, we we're going to be able to update the content to the most recent stuff because people come in and they discover your podcast and say, I really just want to hear the Tom Likas episode. Or I really want to hear, you know, my favorite local personality. And that's way back at, a, you know, episode, you know, 21 or something. Now they're going to be able to get the most up-to-date ad. And as well, up-to-date messaging from me where I can come on and say, oh, by the way, here's what's brand new at the company. And uh, hope you can join me for it or hope we can engage on, on this level. The second problem it, it solved was the Canada-US problem. And I had American clients and Canadian clients at this time who wanted to advertise. The American client, you know, it's an international business. And so they were fine with their ad running everywhere. But for the Canadian client, uh, you know, they were selling software to Canadian radio divisions. But you're in the States and you're listening to this and they, you have no interest in making this purchase. You can't talk to them about it. You know, and we hear this many times when we download podcasts and, oh, you can get your stamps from stamps.com. Well, I don't need to buy American stamps. And so that's essentially wasted space in Canada. So what you could be doing is reselling that space to, I don't know, maybe you can sell Some Canadian them. company. Well, yeah. how about Canada Post and you can sell Canadian stamps instead. So there's an opportunity. So immediately I saw inventory sort of, you know, explode. So I wasn't going to be selling one or two ads for each show. I'm essentially selling five, six, seven different companies, uh, depending on what country it's in. Well, let's unpack that a little bit. So kind of my core audience are, are are folks who are new to their podcast. They're probably just under that year one kind of lap, as you alluded to earlier. So for someone who 
it, let's say they're an intermediate podcaster and there's someone who's interested in getting into dynamic ad insertion. What do you see as the biggest roadblock from taking that next leap in terms of audience growth to where they can really capitalize on something like dynamic ad insertion? I think you have to really weigh out the numbers on two fronts. One of them is going to be the cost. So if your podcast host can accommodate you and they have many different price structures, shop around for it. I haven't looked recently, but there are some hosts that do it differently than others and some who will take a cut of the ad, some who will charge you just for sticking the ad into the show and others who just have a flat rate every month. So shop around and, you know, talk to the podcast host because the technology is getting easier and they'll probably let it go into a structure. They'll probably give it to you in a, in a structure that works for both you and them. Have the conversation. And if not, look around. I know we're quite enamored with our podcast hosts. This is, these are my guys. I'm a Libsyn guy. I'm a Blueberry guy. I'm an anchor person. I still love SoundCloud. I, you know, I love this, that, and the other thing. We get very, very wrapped up into it. But when something comes along like dynamic ad insertion, you, you have to shop. It's almost like you have to shop all over again for it. And the other thing you have to ask yourself is, is this right for you? Because it may not be. Um, so two things to think about. Is your content evergreen? Does somebody really want to go back and listen to old episodes from six weeks, six months ago? Uh, there is a bit of a formula you can use. What percentage of your downloads come from, you know, beyond the episodes that you released more than 30 days ago? And I, I don't know if it's 15, 20% or whatever that is, but if you're getting significant action in the back catalog, I think you should look at it. The second thing you need to ask, what do you sell? And I think most of the people that you work with, they're selling something. We're all selling something inside the podcast. I mean, it's one of the first questions I ask before we say, people say, oh, I want a podcast. Oh, well, what are you going to be selling inside the podcast? What is it about you? that is going to really make this a profitable venture for you. And some people say, oh, I just want to hang around and talk with my friends. Well, well, that's okay. But they say, I want to drive my business in a particular way. Well, that's great. Now, can you make commercials inside your own show? You know, I think it's very powerful that if you're selling widgets and you can tell people in all your episodes about the latest widgets that are coming in and how you're going to be selling them at a special price and connect with me now for this special offer. Uh, it's, it's quite powerful. The other thing a lot of people don't think about is it, it can be a bit of a, you have to, in, in radio, it's called the traffic department. And I know people are thinking, you know, traffic and weather together and that, you know, I-95 is backed up and use the alternate and all that stuff. Traffic and radio is actually trafficking the commercials. And so you have to traffic all that messaging and it can be quite confusing when you have six clients to make sure that each one of those campaigns is directed and going into the right spot. And some of the, you know, you can, you can direct a commercial straight into Dallas and just Dallas with some of these companies, you can direct a commercial straight into Los Angeles and New York and have a different message run in Kansas. But each time you add a piece of copy like that, that's a little bit of extra processing you have to do. Right. Of all the conversations I've had, I mean, people focus on like Catherine focuses on content, John focuses on getting people started, whereas you have this just such a niche focus on this advertising version of it and tracking numbers. I think it's just such a fascinating side of podcasting that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot because uh, it seems like a lot more people are like in the line of work where I do, where it's kind of just, hey, just record and I'll kind of take care of the rest. Whereas you're really focused on who is listening to your podcast, where can we get them from and how can we get them to engage further? 
by getting them to spend their own money. They've got businesses and you know, listen, we say, oh, 10,000 downloads and you can start getting mattress ads on your show. I think that 10,000 is going to go to 20,000 to 30,000 quite quickly and get away from, from regular people who are podcasting. So that I think this, that doesn't mean that you are, can be shut out of the technology. And I think it's important that we all sort of have access to the same technology. And that's why I love dynamic ad insertion is because you can charge especially if you're doing widgets, because widgets is incredibly niche, but so is a farm to table podcast. And so is one about basket weaving. And so is one about, um, tiger King. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> tiger. King. But you don't have to charge a low CPM rate of, you know, $25 or $18. And you don't have to play that game because, you know, I've got a radio podcast. I've got, let's say 500 people who downloaded in a week. Well, why can't I charge the same amount that I would charge at a conference to be in front of 500 people? And I think that's the way you need to think about your audience. My audience is about widgets. The widget conference draws this many people. An ad at the front of the room at a widget conference is going to cost this much, price it out accordingly, and charge that much. And so, you know, I've worked it out. It's 150 bucks or 200 you know, $200 CPM. And people are like, well, that's crazy. I said, yeah, if you're going to sell it by CPM, but you're selling value, you're selling you know, I encourage podcasters, look at what you do, look at what you offer, and then charge more, charge that rate, because you don't have to play this, you know, the, that CPM game. Um, I mean, then you're going to have to probably input the numbers that way. And I'm really sorry if, if I said CPM and you don't know what that means, that's actually cost per mill. Mill is a thousand in French. It's the cost per thousand. So $200 for every thousand people that will download the show. Is, is what that is. And you can go online and run your numbers through a CPM calculator. Uh, and it's, it's quite empowering, but I think you have to understand that you are worth a lot more than people will tell you. Another thing that's really important that you mentioned is knowing your audience. So if you, like you said, say you're someone who runs, uh, like we talked about with Catherine's podcast is that is the spice podcast. So knowing their audience is people that, that cook, people that go to the grocery stores often. So those are things that you need to take into consideration when you're approaching. If you're going to approach advertisers or you're going to look into dynamic ad insertion, making sure you're aligning companies that are advertising to who your audience would likely be because that's going to be that's going to expedite the process much faster if uh, if I'm making sense. Yeah, sometimes you get involved with a conversation about, well, can you prove that radio people are listening to your podcast? And I kind of want to scream and say, who would listen to this podcast if they didn't like radio? Who, I would like to, to take, uh, have that person go to uh, have a psycho test to find out why they would listen to something that they didn't want to listen to. So, I mean, a, a cooking podcast, we know it's about cooking. We know people are engaged with it. I think listening to the content and, and understanding it uh, is, is easy. I mean, I, I know we can pull out numbers all day long, but I think if you want to make a sale and you want to sell to somebody, Somebody who is listening to your podcast is likely going to be the person who is going to buy it from you. They understand it. They know it. They feel comfortable with you. And I think that's a good part to start selling it. So if you get a chance with inside your podcast, let people know that you're available for some form of sponsorship or advertising. And I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to be a beggar. Oh, I don't. They're dying to be a part of your show. They're already listening to your show. Invite them in and, and let them know that, that you're available to be a part of their success story as much as yours. I love it. That's that's an amazing soundbite right there. 
What do you think has been the most satisfying part of working in podcasting? I think writing my own content and getting my hands messy with it. I enjoy making mistakes. It used to be that I would have, you know, people above or wherever below sort of question, you know, why are we doing this? Why is it going out this way? I just love making the mistake and then correcting the mistake quickly. Uh, you know, radio corporations, it takes forever to change something. It takes forever to turn the corner. It takes a long time to make necessary adjustments inside the big structure of those places. And I enjoy making the change on a dime and waking up one morning and going, okay, we're going to do this differently and off we go. And, and here we are in an era of, uh, of COVID issues and quarantine. Well, now that's just opened the door to force me to go live on Facebook and try some things that I was a little bit uncomfortable. I don't have as much time. Well, I've got a lot more time now. And so we're going to engage a little bit more and let's try out StreamYard. Let's try out Squadcast. Let's try out some of this other software that gets put in front of us. And when people come and ask me about it, I'll know about it. So I, I love, I've always loved to sort of explore and see how is that going to work? But it's even better when you know the answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me personally, it's been, I've taken this quarantine time to, because you're right, we all have a lot more time. What can we do better? Mine has been, if everyone's going to be going remotely from now on for podcasting, what if there are no more in-person interviews? What is the best process of capturing remote audio to make it sound like they're actually sitting together? Is there a way around that? And so that's where a lot of my thinking has been and trying to improve just the overall sound of someone who's 500 miles away. But how do we make it sound like they're next to each other? I had a client come to me last week and say they needed to cancel because somebody got laid off in the house, busy time, all that stuff. And I said, you know, your podcast is at a point where you can start to sell advertising. And I want you to think about it. And I wasn't sure, but I built them a sales sheet. And I said, try this sales sheet, float it to a few people and see what happens. Made a sale by the end of the week, continuing now to be a client and now making some money for himself as well. So it's it's kind of all within us if if we take a look and can stop. And I'm not going to lie, sales is the hardest. It is very, very hard. It's uncomfortable. A lot of these are podcasters who are performing. And now you're asking them to go out and sell. I, I, I totally get it. I was not a selling kind of person. I'm still not the best seller at this, but I, I can sort of convey the idea and the message. And I think that's probably my biggest challenge. That was going to say that kind of answers my final question. Um, so getting better at sales would be your biggest thing moving forward. What do you think has been your in, your biggest improvement since starting this? That's a great question because it's tough. I go day by day by day by day. I don't have that answer because most of the answers pop into my head. But I, if I were to look back to 2017 and 2018, I think it's patience and being patient with, with growing the business and having the ability to just change on a dime. We're in a time now where there's, I'm not doing a lot of voiceover work because there's just not a lot of advertising happening. And I've kind of put part of that business away and doubled down into the, into the podcast area because we have podcasters who are still creating content, who still need to uh, make their businesses happen and get that out there. It's been super, super quiet on the voiceover side. And I don't want to say that I've abandoned part of it, but I do have the nice thing about my company is I'm able to sort of amp up a little bit more on the podcast side, or I can amp up a little bit on the voiceover side. Right. Kind of, even if it was similar, if it were seasonal work. Yeah. I mean, one of the types of, of voice work I do is for podcasts. And so sometimes those mid rolls 
Um, my voice is the one that you hear that gets injected in Canada and sometimes in the United States as well. And I've just wa- seen that business sort of dry up a little bit. And so I'm a little bit worried that there are some, that there have been cutbacks and there's not as much banks or mattress companies that have sending me copy anymore to voice to go into podcasts. And that's, that's worrisome. Radio is seeing 90% of its advertising money disappear. And, and it's, it's tough times from, from that point. Um, but if you're a podcaster and you can keep doing your work and putting it out there because it's almost like a, there's a scattering right now on, list, on listening and people may have scattered and may not be listening to you as much, but there's also new people who are coming on board. So be sure to welcome them. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's touch on that really quick because you and I talked offline about this, and I would love for my for my audience to hear this. For those folks out there that are podcasting, you may see during this time that your listens are down. You may see, well, is it because of coronavirus? What what is the reason that? Because you you would think more people have time to listen to podcasts, and that's a, a discussion that we've had. Why aren't people seeing those numbers boost like they feel like they should just because everyone's stuck at home? You have to really break it down. You have to understand that there's no one simple listener. Your list, all your listeners are not doing the same thing. And it's really, really easy to deduce, oh, people are home. They have more time. Therefore, they're going to listen to me. Well, there's a whole bunch of other things that are going on at home. The first thing I noticed, and we saw this sort of initial drop in the middle of March, and that's everybody went to the grocery store. And now people aren't commuting anymore. And a lot of people listen to podcasts when they commute on the bus, on the train, airplane, car, all that is, I don't want to say all that's gone, but about 70% of commuting is gone. So that is disrupted. And when your media is disrupted, people find other things to do. They don't go from, oh, I'm going from one podcast to another podcast. They don't go from, I'm going to, you know, from radio over to something completely different, a disruption. And I, you, you have to, it's a terrible thing to envision. But imagine standing in the middle of a supermarket and somebody fires off a few rounds of a gun and people scatter and then you leave the supermarket, but you still need to buy eggs and you still need to buy milk. And so you're going to go and acquire those things, but you'll probably do it elsewhere at another store in another way. Your podcast is the same thing. People are going to acquire it. They may acquire it later. They may acquire a different brand. They may do it from another platform. I know we've seen some web activity go up, people consuming their podcasts on web. They're sharing Wi-Fi at home. They're sharing devices at home now. There's no quiet time because the kids are at home. So that time is now shifted. So weekend listening is up, uh, but kids during the day are being schooled on Zoom. I mean, it's, it's it's a huge disruption. So don't look at your podcast as being, oh, those listeners are gone and my numbers are terrible and life is over. It's just been disrupted. Your job is to still be there and to put the episodes out. They will come and catch up with you. They will come back to your podcast and, you know, your place of business as it were, which is really, you know, it's a podcast address. They'll come back on their own time. Keep marketing, let them know you're there. Keep doing the things that you do. And also remember that, you know, Easter, your numbers were going to go down anyway. Summertime, your numbers were going to go down anyway because it's summertime. People love routine, and I'm a big proponent of release your episodes consistently. Monday night at 6 or Monday night at 9 or Thursday night or just be consistent about it so people have an expectation of when your podcast is coming out, whether it's a week or every two weeks, because then they'll build it into their media consumption habits. There's a reason why Dallas was on every Friday night at 9. 
and Dukes of Hazard was on beforehand. So you could watch them both. And there was a reason why there was must see TV. And there was a reason why fantasy Island and love boat were back to back on Saturday night, because that way you could build it into your routine. Don't be sporadic with your releases, really give the listener the opportunity to become hooked on what you offer. And I've, I've seen my numbers increase 20% once I stuck to a consistent schedule. There you have it, folks. Matt, thank you so much. That's a great place to end it. I really appreciate you taking the time. It means a lot. And I'm looking forward to our next chat in the podcast producers group. I'm looking forward to just meeting you in person. When are they going to let us out? I never, but hopefully it'll be in Dallas for a podcast movement. Can't wait. All right. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to my sit down with Matt. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this was definitely one of the longer, probably definitely actually the longest pod logic episode we've done but it was such a great conversation i couldn't justify just cutting cutting anything out really but uh, again thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show go ahead uh please subscribe to the podcast if you know any other podcasters out there that you think would benefit from hearing information like this please feel free to share it with them uh, i would really really appreciate it uh if you scroll down just a little bit on into the show notes you'll see links to follow us on twitter me specifically follow me on twitter um as well as links to sign up for our newsletter you can check out our website we have a youtube channel uh that's been lagging in content but there's still some great stuff up on there now again thank you so much for tuning in you can find all of that information and more at straightuppodcast.com perhaps you are looking to start a podcast and you want some help you go, I don't have time to learn all this editing crap. How do I make my podcast sound this good? Just ship it off to us. All you need to do is start a conversation with us. We'll show you what equipment is going to work best for your budget. We'll point you in the right direction of actually accessing all of that equipment. We'll teach you how to use it, walk you through it. All you need to do is press the record button and we'll take care of the rest. So again, thank you so much. Check out straightuppodcast.com. Have a great, safe, quarantined weekend. This is Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcast signing off.